news all the time. When you look at this offense and you say, who scared opposing defenses when he was being utilized? Aaron Jones is still at the top of the list. I don't care what you know Christian Watson did over a four-game stretch. Okay, most of the time. Almond specifically up. or all nuts? Well, these nuts, those nuts, whatever nuts were. <laughs> it's Jason Wildy on Jen, Gabe, and Chew. Brought to you by Boucher Automotive. With 16 different new car brands and over 35 pre-owned brands to choose from. Boucher Automotive. We are driven by you. Mr. 85% Jason Wildy joining Jen, Gabe, and Chewy this morning. No Chewy, no Gabe, but Ben Brust, cousin subbing for the guys. Jason, I'm calling you Mr. 85% because Ben says you are 85% confident that Aaron Rodgers will be a member of the New York Jets. And that was before Diana Rossini went on the radio and Ann on Twitter and Ann on Get Up this morning and said that the Jets are confident, optimistic that they will land the future Hall of Famer. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. Let's not do that, okay? The 85%? Uh, Having having watched uh, what uh, my buddy Rob Dabowski dealt with when he was wrong about the less than 5%, um, if we're going to ask questions, and I'm going to answer them, and answer them in a way that I want to uh, inform our fans and give the best insight I can give them, uh, let's not make too big of a deal out of it and start talking about it all the time. I think that this is an excellent segue because one of the things that Ben and I were just discussing, Jason, is the hesitation from anyone who's reporting on this story to commit to one side either way because the X factor here is Aaron Rodgers. And Ben told a great story in the first segment of the show. If you missed it, you can find it on Wisconsin On Demand about how he was verbally committed to one program and convinced himself that that's where he was going to go and then woke up one morning realizing that, in fact, he did not want to go to that program and made the switch and went somewhere else and how easily that could happen with Aaron Rodgers, no matter how confident all of the insiders and reporters seem to be about an inevitable marriage. Yeah, I, I'm. I, my point in giving that percentage is not, you know, my my confidence or my reporting or anything like that. I mean, I have I have talked to people about this, and um, the the feeling that I have gotten is that, you know, the the folks that reported that the Packers did not want him back and and want to move on and just think that everything has run its course and it's time for a reset. I think those people are going to be proven right. But, you know, when I say that, I'm not, I'm not basing it on um, someone saying he's definitely not coming back. It's based more on, you know, when you allow someone to go to, to explore other options and explore, you know, having the jets come to California and all this other stuff. Um, you, you don't, I, I think it's I think it's still very viable if Aaron Rodgers said, you know what, I it just doesn't feel right. I don't want to do it. But I don't know if it's viable for the Packers to say, yeah, go talk to them, and then uh, shortly thereafter say, oh sure, if you want to come back, we still want you. I, I just I think they've kind of cast their lots with him not playing there anymore, and I would love for him to decide he wants to come back to the Packers and see what happens, because that, I think, would be fascinating. 
I mean, I, I do too. The idea of him going through all this, the Packers granting him permission to go to the Jets, and then he's like, hey, I'm back in 1265. How, how is everybody doing right now? Um, I, I'm here for that as well. Jason, I want to know, because it sounded like from Diana's report that there were conversations before Woody J and the squad went to California that they were already talking about potential draft compensation uh, or, excuse me, trade compensation do you think it's okay for the Packers to sell Aaron a little bit low and potentially not get a first-round pick if they're just getting rid of him? Is that a good strategy by them? No, I think that's a terrible strategy. And I will say so if that ends up being the case. I mean, you know, here's the other thing about this. Like, you know, and and we've talked about all the different I don't know if they're reports or things that have been said, however we view them, um, about, you know, this idea that they're disgusted with them and with him. And um, the the Rich Eisen thing I thought was really interesting that, you know, they were hope the Packers were basically hoping that he would not come out of his time of contemplation and say, I want to stay, I want to finish my career as a Packer. I want to come back. Uh if if that's really if that has been really the case, I just think that's such a terrible look for the Packers. The idea that you're hoping that a pro football Hall of Famer doesn't want to play for you anymore, uh, and that the word hope would be part of any strategy. Um, but when I watch this unfold, I think it's become pretty clear that they're this is really what Brian Gutekunst wants. I don't know if it's what Matt LaFleur wants. I don't know if it's what other people in the building want. Um, I said this yesterday or two days ago too. I wonder how this, the trickle down effect has been because last Tuesday, Goody was in Indianapolis and we focused so much on everything he said related to Rogers and love, but he did say that he expected the restructure of David Bakhtiari's deal to be done. And here we are eight days later, and it still hasn't been. And what does that tell you? Like, is there was there a reluctance with Bakhtiari? And if he doesn't think Rodgers is coming back, then he doesn't want to come back either. Like, these are things that are little breadcrumbs that make lead to statements like the 85%. But to your point about trade compensation, uh, I mean, how are you going to convince people if you're the Packers that you just didn't want to get rid of him if you get like a second and a fourth or whatever it might be? Well, and Jason, that's the point that I made the other day on the radio, which was this whole idea of not wanting to be the bad guy, but if every report, every conversation, the Rich Eisen thing is that they hope he doesn't come back, isn't that cat out of the bag? You know what I'm saying? Like, if at all, this idea of we don't want to be the bad guy was was dictating or motivating or directing any of the actions here by everybody saying... They hope he goes somewhere else. They hope he retires. Just like you said, they may be giving him away for uh, 
the low market for the low price, the low, low price of starting to feel like the the father who wants to give away, you know, the 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 child or the daughter or even what? vice versa. What? Right, like they're just like, what are we talking about? Like my brother children here. I got you. My brother, when he got married, we all stood up and clapped because he wasn't ours anymore. <laughs> That's how I'm saying it. the Packers are treating oh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he's so thankful that someone yes. has taken him Take off them. of their hands. Got it. That's much better than what I thought you were doing, which was like yeah, dowry the start type was a little stuff. Rough. <laughs> so, Jason, I was just saying that it felt like the worst kept secret in the NFL. This whole idea of, well, we don't want to be the bad guy, but everybody knows that we're trying to part ways with them. Let me ask you this, because we put this on the Jen Gabe and Chewy Twitter poll yesterday. Matt LaFleur is blank about the possibility of coaching the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. The results are pretty even, 51% to 49%, nervous, excited, with nervous getting a slight edge. Where do you think that Matt LaFleur lands on this whole thing? You think he's nervous about potentially coaching the Green Bay Packers without Rodgers, or he's excited about that? Yeah, I think he's probably nervous and intrigued. I don't, you know, look, I think that there are certain drawbacks to having Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, and you have to deal with, you know, kind of the walking on eggshells that, that Matt seems to do and uh, dealing with Rogers second-guessing you publicly, which I, I'm sure is not enjoyable. But he's still Aaron freaking Rogers, right? Like, he, he is, he's won a lot of games for you. And no offense to Matt because I really like him, but um, he's probably, to this point, made you look like a hell of a lot better coach than you might actually be. Certainly made you a better coach your first year. Um, when you're a rookie head coach and you went 13 and three and reached the NFC title game. So I would guess, and and I have not talked to Matt. I've texted with him a little bit, but I would guess that he's apprehensive, um, but hopeful because I do think, you know, he's, he's excited to kind of, you know, see what Jordan can do and, and run the offense the way it's designed and, probably looked at how things played out with San Francisco and thought, well, if we, if we do things offensively the way we want to, even with somebody that's a little less talented or a lot less talented, I guess we'll all find out on that. Um, I think we can still be really productive. Um, you know, and, and there are certainly things about Jordan love that they're, they're, they're hopeful and excited about, but again, I, this, I just, I just think be careful what you wish for, man. And if you're the Packers and you're sick of Rodgers for a bunch of personal reasons and you're wrong in your assessment about where his game is, um, I mean, they lost five in a row, including a game where he broke his thumb on the final aborted Hail Mary. Um, I I do not think he's going to suck if he goes to New York. And I think that... I think they are in real danger of him going to New York and being pretty damn good and Jordan Love being meh and having some good moments and then having plenty of bad moments. I'm not wishing that on Jordan, but I keep saying this, and Jen, you know this as well as anybody because you have been a Bears fan. There was all kinds of times when Bears fans were excited about Mitch Trubisky. Well, to be fair, I was never excited about Mitch Trubisky because I followed him in college and watched him throw 14 touchdowns. And I was like, that doesn't seem like a lot. That doesn't seem like a high number. I don't know how that would translate to the NFL. And it didn't. Yep. 
So, Jason, one thing that you that you hit me with, right? Like, I don't listen to the Aubrey Marcus podcast, but the one thing that stood out to me was Aaron Rodgers talking about how there's people doubting him right now. And the most confident and the most swag that I felt from him in a long time was like that chip on the shoulder. It almost felt, the, the way he's feeling right now feels reminiscent to the Packers drafting Jordan Love. Or Mike McCarthy not taking him with yeah, the first what, what, pick. Whatever or the coach it may at, be. Uh, Purdue telling him good luck with your attempt at a college football career. He's got that look in his eyes. So say he does play well wherever he ends up, Say not, not at the Green Bay Packers, if it's the Jets. Do Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst, like if Jordan Love in the next two years doesn't play to a certain standard, would Mark Murphy make a move before he is forced to retire by 2025? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how far this will go down the, the road, right? I don't know how what the ramifications will be um, if, if these guys are wrong. Uh, and I, I, I want to be clear. I'm not like rooting for that. None of us My are. Point, it's just it's realistic uh, to think that Jordan Love I, may not reach the heights of what, what we've seen from a two-time MVP out of the last three years. Yeah, I, I would just, you know, I've said this to a few people because you know I have I, I, everywhere I go, anybody who knows what I do, um, the question I get asked is, "What's Aaron going to do? What's going to happen?" Um, and the thing that I do say is if they move on, you know, I look at my career and my job is to inform and educate and entertain no matter what the outcome is, whether they win the Super Bowl, whether they lose heartbreaking playoff games, which they've certainly done a lot of that during the Rogers era. If they miss the playoffs, if they stink, whatever it is. But I have gotten to cover really a golden age of Packers football. I didn't, I was not alive for the Lombardi years, but I've covered three Super Bowl teams, two Super Bowl championships. My first year was 1996. I hope I keep going, you know, till you know, 2046. But what if I'd have been born 20 years earlier and had the exact same career and grown up and done the exact same thing? And I had covered the Packers from 1976 to 2003, right? I would have gotten a Super Bowl, uh, two Super Bowls, but I would have covered some really crappy teams from 76 to like 93, 94 when Favre and Wolf and Holmgren and Reggie took off. I'm not nervous about it. I'm going to do my job as well as I can, no matter how this all plays out. But the law of averages would tell me that after 30 years of almost always making the playoffs and almost always being in contention, um, there's a good chance that they could take a really bad downturn. If they're wrong about love and then they're wrong about the next guy, I mean, look at how many NFL teams are always just wandering in the wilderness trying to find a great quarterback. Um, Again, be careful what you wish for and be careful about how excited you are to kick Aaron Rodgers out the door. Even though he rubs you the wrong way, he rubs me the wrong way sometimes too. And I like the guy, but I'm a little nervous about how joyful people are going to be to have quote unquote rid themselves, whether they work in 1265 Lombardi Avenue 
or whether they're the fans, to have rid themselves of Aaron Rodgers. Because I remember growing up on the south side of Milwaukee, and I remember tuning in to 315 games on NBC to watch the San Diego Chargers because my home state team that I did root for as a kid and wanted to see win never were that good. They had a good offense and their defense sucked, or they would lose. I mean, they were 8-8 eight and eight all the time. Be prepared for that, and be prepared to, to defend your position as a fan if you're one of those folks who would say, hey, 10 years, you give me one Super Bowl title every 10 years, I will gladly live through nine losing seasons the other nine years. I can't imagine how much it would suck to live through those nine years every nine years. Uh, and I'm, I'm worried that that's the way this could go, um, and I hope I'm wrong. Jason, we got to let you go. Appreciate the insight. Appreciate the feedback. We will talk to you again soon, sir. Yes, thank you for giving me away like Ben is giving away brides. And- <laughs> Ben's family. Ben's family. Let's be clear. His yes, dad my was brother. so thrilled to get his brother no, out of the house. We stood up and cheered when she said, <laughs> I, I do, and he said, I do. See you later, Jonathan. <laughs> That'll be good.